Hey, true crime fans, welcome back to Murder on the Map. I'm your host, Taylor, and I'm really glad you're here. In case you're just joining us, each week on my show, I'll tell you about a bizarre, underreported, or cold case in each U.S. state one by one. This week's cases are out of Maryland. These are the stories of Joanna and Sharice Clark and Megan Tillman. We'll get into the stories right after the break. On February 4th, 2017, 15-year-old Sharice Clark was babysitting her six younger siblings at the family home on the 2800 block of Round Road in the Cherry Hill neighborhood of Baltimore. Her mom, Joanna, was at work at Gotez's Candy Company in East Baltimore. Sometime between 2.30 and 3 p.m. that afternoon, her mom's ex-boyfriend, Dennis Queen, showed up to the house. He was the father of all six of the younger kids, so it wasn't super unusual for him to stop by and see the kids. There's little to no information about where Sharice went when she left the house, but Dennis said that she left as soon as he showed up. Police have Sharice's last cell activity pinging downtown sometime that evening, somewhere downtown, but none of her friends saw her. Like I said, it's all super vague information. Her mom, Joanna, was last seen late that evening. She had been out on a date and called to ask her friend for a ride home, but then immediately called back to say that she was going to take the bus instead. She spoke to her friend as she was arriving at her house and promised to call her again later. It's unclear if Joanna ever actually made it in the door. When Dennis was questioned about what he was doing that night, he said that he got drunk at Joanna's house and fell asleep. He woke up at approximately 11.15 p.m. when someone came in, but he couldn't remember who it was. When he woke up in the morning, both Joanna and Sharice were gone. Family members described Joanna as a loving, caring, responsible mom who would never purposely abandon her six younger kids. Sharice was like a second mom to her siblings. And according to Baltimore City Police, Joanna and Sharice don't have a history of running away or any other run-ins with law enforcement. Dennis made absolutely no attempt to report them missing and he never asked anyone where they had gone. A family friend filed a missing persons report three days later after she found out that Joanna had missed work on February 6th and 7th and Sharice hadn't been to school. $800 cash, which Joanna had been saving for the rent, went missing with them. Joanna and Dennis had a long, troubled relationship. He began dating her when Sharice was a toddler and was the father of Joanna's six younger children, who were between the ages of two and 10 when their mom and sister disappeared. Like I said earlier, Joanna worked at the candy company in town, and by all reports, she was a really reliable employee. Dennis, on the other hand, was unreliable, couldn't hold a job for very long, and was frequently unemployed. According to Joanna's loved ones, Dennis had been abusing and stalking her for years. He also treated Cherise differently than he did the other kids, and he had physically abused her before. Joanna tried repeatedly to leave him, 
She got a restraining order against him back in September of 2016, and it was still active in February when he came to the house. But by some reports, Joanna had relented on the restraining order to let Dennis back into the kids' lives so she had help with childcare. Cherise hated Dennis, and he, she never wanted to be in the house with him if her mom wasn't there. About a week before the women disappeared, Dennis had made sexual advances to Cherise, and Cherise told her mom. Joanna told him that he had to leave and said that she would put all of his belongings out on the street by February 4th. This was the day that she disappeared. Both Joanna and Cherise were active on social media, but there hasn't been any activity on their social media accounts or their cell phones since they went missing. Joanna's other kids were placed in foster care after their mom's disappearance. They haven't provided any useful information about the day that she and Cherise disappeared. Dennis's brother took a lie detector test in the women's cases, but the results were inconclusive. Dennis has still refused to take the test. The police have not named Dennis or anyone else a suspect or person of interest in Joanna and Cherise's disappearance and said that there was, quote, little overt evidence, end quote, of a crime in their cases, but stated that they thought that the women had met foul play. Their cases remain unsolved. If you have any information about the disappearance of Joanna and Cherise, please call the Baltimore Police Department at 410-396-2525. We'll get into the next case right after the break. On November 1, 2017, the family of 43-year-old missing woman Megan Tillman filed a missing persons report. By that point, it had already been weeks since anyone had heard from her. What finally solidified her family's suspicion that something was wrong was because Megan didn't show up for her court hearing concerning the custody battle of her youngest child. Less than a month earlier, human remains were discovered in the Shadyside area of Annapolis. Initial reports said that the remains belonged to an unidentified Asian woman. While Megan's family waited patiently, months and months went by. When homicide detectives from Anne Arundel County Police obtained DNA samples from family and conducted extensive testing, they were finally able to identify the recovered remains of, as that of Megan Leah Tillman. She was dead before her family even reported her missing. It's been several years since Megan disappeared, but police do have a lead and according to news articles as of 2020, there seems to be an active investigation, but there's just little information. The case is still important to me to talk about because there is such little information and it is an active investigation, so if you live in Maryland, maybe you know something and you can help. Police believe that Megan's roommates, William Rice Jr. and Christina Harnish, are the last people to have seen her alive, and they officially have been named as persons of interest in Megan's case. They are currently living in Tucson, Arizona. According to WBAL, William told police that Megan moved out of their Maryland townhome with an unknown man and they haven't seen or heard from her since. There haven't been further developments on the case, so police need your help. If you have any information about Megan's disappearance and subsequent murder, please call 410-88-CRIME to stay anonymous. Police are currently offering a $10,000 reward. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Murder on the Map. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review to help more people discover the show. You can also become a sponsor at the link in the show notes. 100% of the profits from the show are donated to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. 
If you have a case you'd want me to cover from your state, please DM me on Instagram at Taylor B. Talks or Murder on the Map Pod. Murder on the Map is a radio-free Roscoe production, and our theme music was composed by Tim Beak. Find more of his stuff at timbeak.com. I'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Thank you.